You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Well, guys, Big Ten Media Days has come and gone. Uh, football is basically here now. This is an exciting time. Fall camp started today. The Huskers were out on the field practicing. We won't know anything about uh, the practices up until this Friday, I believe, when uh, the media and certain players will talk. So that's going to be exciting. But uh, we learned some things out of this Big Ten Media Days, uh, but we also have some things that are have been left unanswered. So we'll get into that. But Tyler, I want to know, what were your thoughts of Big Ten Media Days from what you saw? Yeah, I mean, I, wa- I watched a lot of it, saw a lot of the clips. Um, I, you know, as a general rule of thumb, I probably don't get as excited about this as maybe you guys do. But what I do like is it immediately gets me thinking about football. Um, it, it gets me going. It gets me really kind of dialing in my projections, really where, where everyone's going to finish. You start hearing about some of the guys. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to watch him play. So it is exciting. But I, I do I, I, the coach speak gets too much to me. Yeah, that does. Uh, Derek, what were your thoughts from it? Uh, you know, really at the end of the day, most of the media day is always boring. Uh, you hear from your team, you're excited to hear from them. Then you hear from everybody else and you're kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, I I didn't notice anything that was said. I mean, I've seen Ryan Day took a stab at uh, Michigan talking about 11 and 2s might be a good season somewhere else, but not here. Uh, I guess that was mildly entertaining. Oh yeah. Uh, overall, I, I I tried to listen to uh, Kevin Warren and hoping hoping we'd find something about out about divisions and whatnot. He did say that he, that the Big Ten's possibly not done expanding, which was about the only interesting thing that guy said the whole time. He spoke for like forty five minutes and thirty minutes of it was thanking people and dedicating this or that to him. Yeah, he's a weirdo, man. He is a so I, I, weirdo. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I fell asleep for about 20 minutes while he was talking. Yeah, smart. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always excited about Big Ten Media Days. You know, we've gone a long time without hearing from Scott Frost uh, this summer, so we finally got to hear from him. Uh, we've been hearing from some assistant coaches on Sports Nightly the past couple of weeks, which is uh, pretty good, too. But uh, what did you guys think of Scott Frost? Uh, yesterday. Derek? I mean, overall, I thought he did a good job. I mean, he's just a man of few words right now. He appears that he doesn't want to talk right now. He wants to show us some actions, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Tyler, what about you? You know, there was a lot made about what his demeanor was going to be. Everyone thought he was going to be really short, and I thought he was actually about as open as I've seen him. I thought he was good. He answered questions. Especially with the local media, I, I and but I understand why he gets frustrated because the Omaha World Herald comes out with an article. He doesn't even have an opening response. What does that tell you about this season? And it was just like, God, give me a break. Uh, it, it it was awkward to see. It was awkward, but it was just like I don't care. But here's the whole thing, I and mean, Simple brought this up and. You know, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. If he comes in and has a big opening statement or even has an opening statement, everybody tells him to shut up and I want to see some I want to see some action. Talking's over. We need to see we need to see some proof, right? He doesn't come out and say anything, then he just doesn't even care enough. Well, it was awkward because when he, he started off doing with that little side session for thirty seven minutes or whatever it was, and it was good. I mean he he was answered the questions as best as you would expect a coach to say, you know, especially using a lot of coach speak. But when he did come up onto the stage following Kevin Warren, come up to the big podium and it was, it Tyler, you said it right. It was an awkward moment. It was just awkward. Uh, but he answered all the questions pretty clearly. He did. And I mean, he answered the very questions well fine. there too. I mean, he answered the questions fine, but it was just a weird moment because this isn't the first time he's been to, uh, Big Ten Media Days. He knows 
how you're supposed what you're supposed to do in that moment. I mean, he's act he was acting like I don't know what he was trying to do, truthfully, but it was just weird. I mean, if he doesn't want to talk, that's fine, but you know, greet everybody well, at least and say, I've, let's get some questions like what Mike Leach did or something. What I found the most awkward was even after he said, let's get the questions started, it took like a good 30 seconds before anybody started asking questions. Like, it looked like nobody was going to ask him anything. He was just going to walk off stage. Be that like, would, yeah, that would have been like anything. the Mike Loxley treatment when nobody asked him questions. But he talked for, you know, he gave it like a seven-minute opening statement or whatever it was. But how funny. And Well, actually, it would have been so embarrassing if Frost walks up to the podium. He doesn't have an opening statement. And nobody asks him a question. Oh, my God. We would be the butt of all jokes. Well, the thing is about it, and I think Robin Walsh is the one that said this, was all the questions that were asked were like local media type guys. I mean, they weren't Nebraska local media, but they were like uh, 24-7 had one guy who was a Cleveland guy, but he was a local guy for Cleveland. And none of the actual national media, the guys that cover nationally, asked him anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was strange, but uh, we did learn some things from this media days, uh, but we have some uh, questions left unanswered. But let's get into the things that we learned. Some of these are not uh, shockers, but we did hear that Casey Thompson, he will take the first snaps in the fall. Uh, nobody's shocked by this, but Tyler, what, what did you think there? Well, I'm, I'm shocked that Frost said that. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. True. I, I mean, that th- that is shocking. I to me, the fact that he would come out and say that, I I think that there is probably a larger gap than maybe he's letting on, and a lot of people have let on. Um, I mean, he plays that stuff usually pretty close to the vest, unless it's a pretty good certainty. And I, I think this kind of just confirms really what we all thought is that Casey Thompson is preventing injury is going to start game one at Northwestern. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I I don't know that that's what I got out of that at all. Like he said, he would be the first one to get reps with the first, but there would be lots of others that would probably get reps with him. So I mean, to me, it was like okay, that tells me that this job is wide open. Yeah, I mean, we we won't know <laughs> until game one for sure. Uh, you know, we also learned that Casey Thompson and Teddy Prohaska, they are ready for day one of camp. No injuries there. So that was that's certainly good news. I will also say this before you move on. I'm sorry. One other thing that I kind of took that as is I don't know that the week zero starter is necessarily going to be your starter for the rest of the year. Like it sounds like he could have the competition going on past the week zero. I, that's, I mean, you took it completely different than I did. I mean, the fact that he went out and said anything about what the rotation was going to be. He didn't go out and say who was the first running back going to take snaps. He didn't go out and say who the first wide receivers. The fact that he named a name at quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if he was even asked those questions. He was asked about running backs. He was asked about running backs, and he gave a lot what of names. The que- what was the question about running backs? Well, if you could hear what the hell the, that media said, exactly. then you're so a better man than me. <laughs> hey, can so I, I throw know this what the in question there? really was. What the hell is up with all the music being piped in? You're at an arena where people are there to hear people talk in an interview setting. Why was there music being cranked up? Like, I mean, when I tried to listen to the audio, I mean, the... Music was drowning out some of the questions. It was it was terrible. I didn't even notice. I, you know, I wouldn't have even noticed music if you wouldn't have said anything about it. What I noticed was the interviews going on next door when they're asking questions, and I can hear their questions better, and I can hear what they're asking Scott Frost. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, it, it is baffling to me. Like this isn't a local, like you know, hey, this is not a local media event. This is on Big Ten Network. They've got money. We know how much money they have. Like, how do they not have better production on this to make it better? Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't understand it, that. It really honestly seems like it's a shit show. I mean, from the get-go. Like, I mean, they have one guy with a microphone going around asking all the questions. Everybody has a question. This one guy is going around with a microphone. And it's like, it's taking them, you know, a, a minute to get to the guy to ask a question. And I, I know Scott Frost is just sitting there tapping his fingers on the podium. And I'm yeah. like... 
can't we get a couple guys out here with a couple different microphones? So maybe I don't know the purpose of Media Days. Is Media Days, is it for the fans or is it truly just for the media? It's got to be for the fans. Why would you put it on TV if it's not for the fans? So if it's for the fans, why in the fuck would you not let people hear the question being <laughs> being uh, asked, you know? Because it was a shit show. It was. It was but, I mean, but it this was, isn't new, though. No, I it's, mean, I, no, it's it, not. It's every year. We, and I think we've complained about this every single year. But, it, but it's just frustrating because it's like, what is the purpose? If it's for the fans, let the fans no, hear the, the, the questions worst part being about asked. It is, the worst part about it is, is when the coaches are up at the podiums, they take a microphone to the guys to ask the questions so you can hear the questions loud and clear. But when they get them on the side, it's just like, nope, don't worry about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But, uh, but, but back to the, the, the Casey Thompson. I'm not saying that Casey Thompson is going to start 12 games. I'm not saying that that's – I mean, I, I think his play is going to matter. I think that is 100%. I, I, I think he's on a very short leash. I agree. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I think it is entirely his job to lose. I, I agree with that. And I think the the fact that Frost alluded to him getting first snaps, unless he's trying to swerve for Pat Fitzgerald, like I think just says, yeah, he, he's going to – he just confirmed what I believe. And obviously I'm using confirmation bias. I'm, I'm saying that he's saying something that I was thinking – so as I'm taking it to the full letter, I understand I'm doing that, but yeah, I, I don't see this as a open competition. So ultimately, whose decision will it be uh, game week to uh, start which quarterback? Is it going to be Scott Frost or is it going to be Mark Whipple? I would assume Scott Frost. I would too. I mean, I, I will say this though, but I, I I feel like you've asked that question before. I would be shocked if they get into a room together and and don't agree. I, I would be shocked if they're at this juncture and they don't have a pretty clear idea. I agree with that. I, I agree with you there, Tyler. I I do think they will agree. I don't think it really matters whose decision it is because I think they will agree on it. Yeah. And there and there may be some argument at start, and then they will come to an agreement. But ultimately, Scott Frost will have the final say. That's what the head coach does, especially at quarterback. I mean, you could maybe make an argument. Left guard, offensive line might have a little bit more. But at quarterback, yeah, yeah, Scott Frost is making this decision. All right, so uh, Teddy Prohaska and Casey Thompson, they're both going to be ready day one of fall camp. They practice today. Uh, That is huge news. That's great news, especially on the Teddy Prohaska uh, side of things because since he missed spring ball. What did you think of that, Derek? Oh, that's absolutely huge news. I, I don't think it's surprising. I think we all expected that to happen. But where would we be if we didn't have him ready to go? I mean, all of a sudden, that offensive line's looking really scary. It is, yeah. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I think it was interesting. I mean, obviously, those were the kind of the two names he mentioned. I was trying to think, who is the bigger news? Like if I could only pick one of those guys healthy day one, who who would I pick? And and I kind of went back and forth on that. I I think I'd go Casey Thompson, but I mean they're both about as key guys going into the fall as you could ask for being healthy. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would lean I would lean more towards Prohaska being the more important one, but I mean I I can see where both where cases can be made for both. Yeah. Uh. Another question that we had answered a little bit is like Scott Frost's role and what he's going to be doing. Uh, Tyler, do you want to talk about his role? Yeah, I mean, he, he basically said, I'm not going to be a figurehead. I think that's a direct quote. Um, he talked about being involved. He said, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't involved. And I'm glad. I I, I know everyone wanted – well. I know some people wanted him to take this CEO role. Be a fi- I, I, some people wanted him to be a figurehead. Like for all of his faults, I think he has done a lot schematically with this team. I think he's done a lot for development. Like when he took over, kind of the full offense last year at the end of the year, I thought our offense looked pretty good. That the last couple of weeks with Adrian Martinez uh, against Ohio State and Wisconsin. Um, Obviously, Logan Smothers was a little bit different, but I, I thought he did well down the stretch. I think he's a good coach. He's a good X's and O's coach. 
I yeah, I, but I, I like that he confirmed it because there's been a lot of speculation about who was running the show and how involved he was going to be. And, and he did make it clear, just to be clear, that Whip, Whipple's going to be driving this a lot more than any coach has. So he did, it wasn't like he was saying, nope, I'm still calling plays, I'm still doing this. Like he did allude to Whipple having a lot bigger role than any offensive coordinator has had here. But he, he also said he would be collab, they'd be collaborating. Which is good, yeah. which is, I, I, I'm i happy for that. And and again, I don't think that was shocking to hear, but it's nice to kind of hear that because there's been a lot of speculation about that. Derek? I, I took a little bit of it with a grain of salt, which I, I assume Whipple will be calling plays. But remember, I, maybe you guys don't remember this, but when, uh, uh, oh, what's the last guy's Matt name? Lubick. Lubick. When he came in, he brought him in because he trusted him. He knew he could let him run that offense if he had to and, he knew he could trust him. And those are the same exact words he's using with Whipple. I know I can trust him with this offense, and if I have to walk away, I can walk away and know that it's still going to go in the same direction. Well, that's fine, but you kind of said the same thing about Lubick. It feels so different now, it, though, right? It feels a lot different. I, I, don't, I don't feel any different about it, but the only reason I might feel a little different about it is because it feels like that's the only reason we brought Whipple in where Lubick was a bit of his buddy and Whipple. He, I don't think he really knew from Adam. So, I mean, I, I don't think Whipple's a type that's just going to be like, yeah, I came here to be your secondhand man. Right. So I, I guess that's the only reason that would feel any different to me is I don't think Whipple's just going to sit back and go, Oh, you want, you want to take over call plays? Go ahead, buddy. Well, I never expected him to be like the, the figurehead CEO. I mean, Jeez. I mean, when, when you think about those types of guys, there's only two that really come to mind, like the figurehead. And that's Bobby Bowden and Joe Paterno when they got up there in age. You know, where they that's all they were, is just the figurehead. Go talk to the media, but they weren't doing all the day-to-day stuff. You don't think Saban kind of feels that way at this point? I, I think Saban gets his ass in there for coaching. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a micromanager. I mean, he's... I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't see Saban. He always, get, he always gets such great coaches. I don't know how much he needs to micromanage. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like PJ Flex, that CEO type. Like, mm-hmm. and I get. I don't want to say like not. I, I think he's okay. So let's go back. You, to maybe you just I, think that because you think he's an idiot. Well, no, no. I guess when I think of CEO, <laughs> I think of the guy who is gonna. He's gonna hype up the team. He's gonna be that guy that's gonna give that inspirational speech. He's gonna be that one who leads a lot of directions, but when it comes to a lot of the X's and O's, I don't know, maybe that's not fair to pat him, but like I'm just thinking about coaches in the Big Ten. I don't know what Brett Bielma is doing down there yet. I, I don't know if I have a read on that. I don't know if I have a great read on Shiano. Mel Tucker kind of seems like that CEO type, too. I mean, um, I would say PJ fucking Mel Tucker kind of feel like that. Again, I, I might be talking out of my ass here, and maybe they're, I'll get roasted on twitter saying you don't know all pj fleck does he calls offense defense and special teams you idiot (laughs) um maybe that's what happens but i i just and again i don't say this is a despairing thing like i don't i mean i think mel tucker is a really great coach i just i feel like good recruiter goes out kisses babies gets the team jacked up make sure the right guy's in the right place um I, i don't know if i see him as involved in the game plan there's nothing wrong with that. Like I mean, oh. there, there are there are several different types of coaches, and it as long as you get the the assistant coaches who can run the team without you, there's nothing wrong with being that CEO type. I mean, and if Mel Tucker's doing that, then by all means, he's doing something right. Because after watching what he did last year, I mean, well, I mean, a, a very famous coach in the NFL, Bruce Arians. I think that's how a lot of people described him. He won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and the. That's one of the reasons why Tom Brady went there is because he wasn't super into all the offensive play calling. He was a big picture guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I agree. That, that That is not a dig. I could make a lot of digs at PJ Fleck. I can make, I, I could do that all day, but th- this is not that. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's very interesting what your thoughts on that, Derek. Uh, Man, I don't know how comfortable I'd be if all of a sudden you see Scott Frost calling plays right there. 
I, I don't think he's going to be calling plays necessarily. I just – I think he's going to have more of a hand in this offense than people probably realized. And that's good. I mean, I hope he's involved. But And, 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 that's, why, and that's why I also believe that everybody's so worried about this being a pass-happy team, and I don't think Scott Frost is going to allow that to happen. Well, well that is the, one of the uh, things that Scott Frost did say, you know. I get it. I get, I get what he said. That was all coach speak, though. That was – because that was all about what Pat Narduzzi said, and he's like – because he also said, I don't care. If long as we score points like that, I don't care if we pass, run, or kick it. Well, if we're kicking it, that's friggin' 13 field goals a game. I don't think we're getting 13 field goals a game. Well, that'd be boring at least football I, at least to I watch hope. also. I mean, you'd be pissed off at Mark Whipple if we can't ever score a damn touchdown. But if we're scoring, if we're scoring 42 points a game and winning all of our games, I probably won't care. But 13 field goals a game would get – I mean – Timmy Bleakrode is going to be a superhero if he's making 13 footballs a game. I would be, I'd watch that football game. He would probably have to break the record for most points in a year, wouldn't he? At that yes. point? Yes. I, 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 yes. He'd break <laughs> it by week four. 13 footballs <laughs> a game. Still, that would be terrible football to watch. It would not be exciting. It would be one of the most frustrating things you would ever see in your life. But okay. Would you be frustrated for winning 42-7? to seven? If you can't find the goddamn end zone and you just get down, you, you go the, the whole length of the field, get down to the about 15, 20-yard line and just have to at kick that, it. At that point, you're just nitpicking. Yeah, I, I'll both be very clear about this. This yeah. is the most absurd conversation we've ever had on this podcast. But but if, if you ever got in a situation that a kicker was kicking 13 field goals in a game, you were not telling me on kick number 11 – you're not going to be sitting there like eyes glued to the TV. Like, is he really going to make this? Is he going to go 13 for 13 today? Like, you watch horse racing, and you're telling me a 13 f- kick field goal game wouldn't be must watch TV if it was a one game, but game in game out, man. <laughs> Don't care. Could you could you imagine a 15 and 0 Nebraska team that had zero zero scored touchdowns? Oh jeez. <laughs> Damn kicker, he'd have to, like a metal boot on his foot by the end of the year or something. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think us fans, we don't care if we're passing or running the ball. He's exactly He's, right about that. If we're a passing yeah. offense or running offense, as long as you f- get into the end zone, nobody will care. Tyler, you're shaking your head. You don't agree with that? No, I don't. There, I, there's I, a, there's I, a lot of run the damn ball guys. Yeah, I, there are, but who? Nobody. I'm, I'm telling you, nobody cares if you're winning. Okay, I I don't agree. Okay, in the perfect world scenario, we go thirteen and zero, win a national championship, all that stuff. You're right. No one would care. But I'll tell you what: if we went even ten and two, and those two games we lost, and we had the ball up in air. You would hear run the ball guys say, why aren't we running the ball? And I've been in your parents' garage. I've listened to these old guys listen and say, what? God, why aren't they running the ball? I mean, I get on Twitter during games. Like, I mean, yeah, run the ball guy is a real thing. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, by old guys, I mean you, Justin. Just, just be clear. So... None of our uncles come after you're, me. You're but. braver than I am, Tyler. I stay off Twitter when games are going. Yeah, no doubt. T- Twitter's a toxic place anyway. It's even worse on game day. It, it's it's like a thousand Justins going off about how we didn't do this right. <laughs> no, you're right. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Nelson. <laughs> uh, that's something that else that we learned uh, at Media Days is how passionate he is about the program. And uh, Tyler, you, you're not liking this one at all. But I, everything that Garrett Nelson said, I mean, it was awesome. Have you, have you he absolutely to killed a, his interview. What? Have you listened to a Garrett Nelson press conference no, in the last year? I mean, this is not a learning. This is confirmation. It is confirmation, that, yeah. I mean, I hope he comes back another year. I, I mean, I, I don't think he I, – I have doubts he will because I think he's going to be that good of a player, but – I mean, this guy is... I would not be shocked whatsoever if we're on the brink of doing something big and Scott Frost comes back next year. I would not be shocked whatsoever if he came back just to try and do it for Scott Frost. Maybe. Wouldn't shock me one bit. He reminds me of Jason and Christian Peter. I know they weren't Nebraska guys, 
You remember when they came back and, and uh, uh, Grant Winstrom came back because 96 was a disaster and they weren't going to let Osborne go out like that. That's what Garrett Nelson reminds me of. The guy, the, the guy just cares way too much for the program to just up and leave if, if he thinks we're on the brink of something. Yeah, I mean, everything that he says, you know, about his coaches, his teammates, the, the, the university – I mean, those are the types of guys that you want in your program. You want the guys that just, you know, bleed this Nebraska red. I mean, there's a lot of players from all over the states uh, that are in the program, and they all want to win. But Garrett Nelson wants to win for, you know, the university, the coaches. It, it's, it, it, just, it just really feels different than hearing some of the other players that don't have that love for Nebraska. I mean, it's it, it feels different. So there's and, different and, passion. And, and this is exactly why recruiting the state of Nebraska is so important. Yeah. Because he Garrett Nelson may not be the most athletically gifted player on this team, but he's the most passionate. And he's he's he cares the most out of everybody on that field. And that brings something to the table for everybody else. It's like in the replacements. He's got heart. He's got heart. <laughs> well, Garrett Nelson, if you talk about him, from day one, he was this guy. I, mean, I don't know if his character has changed at all. The difference is every year he just takes a big step forward. Yeah. Like, he keeps getting better. Can, can we just talk about the one elephant in the room when it came to Garrett Nelson? When he started talking about going to the bar and talking to the girl till till a bar closes, and then her boy his bo- her boyfriend takes her home, and that's how last season felt. <laughs> yep, on Friday night, talking to the chick at the bar until <laughs> close, and the boyfriend comes takes her home. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. That was comical as hell, and I could not Tyler, believe. Did he you said not that. see that? I, I don't remember that. That is Whoa. he was talking. That's when they were doing their all th- uh, little all three thing with guys Dave Revson. Yeah, all three guys were sitting there with Dave Revson. I never watched that one. Oh, you missed it. Check it out. It is freaking hilarious. It is because Travis that, that has faces. never happened to Garrett Nelson. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> like all the guys would be like volunteering their girlfriend as tribute. Like, like. <laughs> Yeah, take her. Hey, Garrett, will you sign her panties for me? (laughs) That's fucking weird, guys. Uh, Well, this episode's getting the explicit contact. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) turned to somewhere dark, somewhere. Okay, let's let's move on. Another thing that we learned here, uh, and this was pretty funny. Frost thinks that the portal is, and I quote, a pain in the ass. When he was talking to Dave Revson and the BTN crew, when they asked him about the transfer portal, I mean, he's he's he said it, and uh, it's a pain in the ass. He's exactly right. <laughs> Dirk, what did you yeah. think when you heard that? Well, I think we learned nothing on that because we all knew it was going to be a pain in the ass. And, I, and I'm sure every other coach feels exactly the same way. But he said it. He was, he was just the only one that was willing it. to go out and say it. Like, and Look, it doesn't mean he doesn't like the portal because he's got some really good players out of the portal. It's just, I mean, look, college football, as we know, has just changed so much. And this portal is the center of it. Or It's like the beginning of all the changes. And it makes it so difficult for coaches right now because now you're recruiting high school kids, portal kids, and you have to recruit your own kids so that they don't leave for the portal. Like it's it's just a nonstop recruiting and trying to. It's just a lot on a plate for a coach, and it's not just Scott Frost. It's every. It's all the assistant coaches. Everybody. Well, in other interviews, you know, Scott Frost will do the thing where it's like, it doesn't matter what I think. This is the game now, you know. And other coaches, they kind of do that. It's like it doesn't matter what I think. The transfer portal is college football now, and we have to adapt. But in this moment, in this rare moment, he says, it's a pain in the ass. And you know who else thought it was a pain in the ass? Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson, he hates it also. There's no Travis loyalty Volkley. to programs. Travis Volklick said it. I mean, he mentioned the fact that, um, you know, I mean, he's a transfer, obviously. But he's like, you know, I transferred one time and left, left for a school one time. He says, I don't know how these guys do it more than once. He said, it was so hard to do just one time. Yeah. And you know, to each their own. He and he says that, like to each their own, like whatever. What do what's best for you? But 
Well, I just don't know how these guys do it. Travis Vokalek, he's kind of like the old guy in the room. He's like, well, back in my day when I transferred, <laughs> I had to sit out a whole year. <laughs> I couldn't become immediately eligible back in my day. But, uh, Tyler, what did you think about uh, Scott Frost saying the portal is a pain in the ass? I mean, I think Derek eclipsed it really, really well. And, I mean, it was what I expected him to say. I agree with it. He, I, he also talked about roster management, about, like, he felt really good about defensive line at a point, and then, you know, he had a couple people leave, and that forced them to do something different. Um, so, I mean, it, it's true. It's not just having to go out and get guys. It's, not, it's the fact that you think you you built something good in one position, and then it gets taken out from you. And it's just, it's hard. Like, I can't imagine the new NCAA football when it comes out. Like, am I going to have to worry about transferring? Like, guys just transferring all the time? Like, a third of my roster? I'm so excited about this recruiting class. Like That would suck it, for your dynasty mode. Oh, my gosh. You get that finally, that five-star quarterback. You decide not to start him, and he transfers? I hope uh, they don't have that in the game. God, that would be terrible. Uh Okay. All right. <laughs> we're, we're falling apart again. Uh, so this is going to be my segue here into the things left unanswered. These are the questions unanswered. And this is the way I'm going to segue it is because I have a number six written down and it has to do with Turner Corcoran. What we did find out is that Turner Corcoran is going to, you know, he's going to take reps at all five positions on the offensive line. But it's unanswered. It's like, we don't know where he's really going to play. We think he is, but it's still unanswered. So let's talk about Turner Corcoran for a second. Tyler, do you have, what, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I thought it was fascinating that he, he went out and said that and kind of alluded to, again, something we all thought. It, I just wonder when they make that decision. Like, I am one of these guys that doesn't believe it's just so easy just to rotate around offensive line positions and not get better, especially when he wasn't great last year. Uh, He probably needs to practice. He needs to get better at one position. So I do wonder how quickly they're going to make that decision. That's a good point. Derek? Well, you know, while we didn't learn this because Scott Frost kind of left that open-ended, I'm going to stick with the media on this one. Just I'm assuming he's he's sticking at left guard. I think that's where he's going to play most. I think that's where he's probably I, – I understand he's athletic enough and a good enough uh, offensive lineman. You can move him around. But I think ideally they want him at left tackle. But in order for that to happen, Bryce Benhart has to turn a corner. Wait, you said left tackle? Thought, you said left tackle and left sorry. guard. Left guard. I didn't mean right. to say left Okay. Tackle, <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. Left guard. Okay. Yeah, I mean – I, I don't care where he plays. I, I just I don't think the media is saying all this, taking a stab at the stab in the dark. They know something that we don't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Other things that we do not know, and I'm just you know what this is a good place to go in this the offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of question marks on the offensive line. Uh, not only Turner Corcoran, the rest of the spots. Uh, how I can even parlay this into this one here. Uh, the too deep depth chart overall. Scott Frost wasn't going to talk about it. He said that they were going to hold on to that information as long as possible. So, uh, <laughs> was that was that really not learning anything? <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. I, I mean, mean that, that's like this is this is pretty standard. That's like, status quo for the Frost. But you know what? The fans love these uh, depth charts, but. Again, we're we we're not gonna see one probably until game day or that Friday or whatever, but and it'll probably be a bunch of ores anyway. Absolutely. And I it is what it is. Like I've just learned to be like okay with it. Like But are you okay? What I like to it? see Yeah, I am. Like it is what it is. Would I like to see a two deep? Sure. Like it, I mean it's always fun to go over the two deep. Hell, we've had many conversations going over the two deep yeah. over the years, but great content uh, for the podcast. It is. Uh, it is. It is. Tyler, what, what were your thoughts on? I guess questions unanswered. Offensive line, two deep depth chart. They kind of intertwine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, not shocking that that happened. Um, 
And, and I think of all years, I get this year maybe a little bit more, because I do think there's a lot of more of an element of what is Nebraska going to look like? Um, you have all these transfers that have come in, and we've all speculated that these guys are going to play or not play, or we've all had these thoughts, and that, and that's fun. That's why we do this podcast is to talk about our thoughts and give our opinions and our what we believe is going to happen based off of our information, but no one knows. No one knows it. And so, but with all the change in roster, I get probably why he was to hold this one a little bit closer to the chest um, than maybe even previous years. I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about what this team will look like. Hell, even on defense, like, I still don't know if we're going to be a 3 4 or 4 3. Like, gun to my head, I do not know what we're going to run against Northwestern. Go with 4 3 if you want to stay alive. <laughs> Well, I mean, Scott Frost even alluded to it. You know, he talked about last year's opener against Illinois. They had an all-new staff. They really didn't have a slice idea what they were going to do. And so this year with the change of offense, they kind of they can kind of come in with that advantage. Yeah, and it makes sense. Uh, you want to keep, you know, when, you, when you've struggled as much as this team has over the last four years, you want any advantage that you can get a hold of. Uh, one more uh, question, and this might be a little bit speculative on my part right here, but there was something interesting uh, when they brought up O'Shawn Mathis and like uh, talking about his readiness. And this may be a little bit of a reach, but Scott Frost, uh, he said something to the extent of like uh, talking about him as like how hard he had to work in the off season in the weight room, and so it was just it was something weird maybe it was nothing but it kind of makes you think is like well maybe you know coming to nebraska the weight room maybe the challenge uh like i don't i don't i don't really know how to say this but uh maybe he's not gonna start (laughs) maybe he's not gonna start maybe he's not the guy that we thought he was gonna be uh, I don't know, Tyler. Do you have thoughts on all of this? I think that the, the interesting part of that he was asked about Mathis, and he talked about him and said everything you said. And then in that same line of questioning, without being asked any prompted, he brought up two more guys. Um, that that I read into a little bit. Like I mean, he just brought up two other guys. Now, I do I think Oshawn Mathis is going to play meaningful snaps. I do. I think Fro- you know Frost said a lot of great things about him. Um, but I think all of us have maybe been a, I don't know, on a little bit on the outside. I think we all have been had our doubts that Oshawn Mathis is just this guaranteed three down guy. I don't think any of us have been buying that hype train. So yeah. kudos to the Cuzcast on this. You, you heard it here first, but if, like, if I think we right. all had our skepticism here, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when we did our depth chart with the uh, Generation Red Pod uh, on their live stream, I mean, when we did the depth chart, I don't think. Any of us had O'Shawn Mathis starting at that time, but it was you know still early. I mean, I think my uh, my mind had changed a little bit now that we're getting closer to the season. But when Scott Frost said something like this, how hard he had to work in the off season in the weight room. I mean, that's it was just weird. Uh, Derek, what, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take this on a, on a slightly different angle because so if De- if, if Oshan Mathis had to work this hard because he wasn't ready for the weight room, what's gonna happen with Devin Drew? Like he's another one everybody's kind of anticipating being on that defensive line, and I can't imagine Texas Tech was in any better condition than TCU was. So you kind of wonder what 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 shape is he gonna be in getting here? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that does. Uh, I mean, at least O'Shawn Mathis had the summer to get here and work out, right? And Scott Frost did say that O'Shawn Mathis has, you know, he's improved a lot since he's got here. But you know, it's, it's a learning curve. You know, Nebraska, we we take pride in our strength and conditioning program. Zach Duvall's doing a great job with everybody that he touches there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about TCU. I mean, TCU is certainly competitive, but it is just the lowly Big Twelve. I don't, know. I don't know. That kind of strange. But Devin Drew, he will be on campus next week after he graduates. So, and I understand that. You just kind of wonder what shape he's going to be in. I guess. 
Yeah. You, you like to think that he worked out all summer. Uh, yeah. Any other nuggets that you guys want to talk about from media days before we move on? Nothing. Okay. Uh, there is something else that I want to talk about here. And, uh, the 12th annual Cleveland.com preseason big 10 poll came out as it does, you know, for the last 12 years, media days. And they had their rankings for the West division and East division. I'm going to go to the East Division first just because it's easy. Uh, Yet Ohio State first with 36 first place votes. Only one in the East that had uh, votes for first place. Number two, Michigan. Three, Penn State. Four, Michigan State. Five, Maryland. Six, Rutgers. Seven, Indiana. It's pretty straightforward. no, No shockers there. Until you get to the West Division, and this is interesting. Number one, Wisconsin with 31 first-place votes. Number two, Iowa with three first-place votes. Number three, Minnesota, two first-place votes. Number four, Purdue, coming in at number five is Nebraska. And then six, Illinois, seven, Northwestern. What did you make of that, Derek? Ah. Look, I think Nebraska's at a point right now where, it, it, again, I'm, I'm going to use the word prove it, but you got to prove it. We deserve to be ranked fifth in this poll. Like, we've done nothing to prove that we should be number one or number two. Or, And I, I think some people did have us as high as number two. Uh, but I think people also had us as low as number seven. So, I, again, I, right now I would say it's a deserving ranking. Like, Tyler, yeah, were we you have shocked? yet to prove anything. No, I certainly wasn't shocked. Um, I, I think that, you know, Derek said it really well. It, you know, we have to prove it. I, I, I guess we're going to do the Big Ten West preview in a few weeks. Guys, I, I don't get this Purdue thing. I really don't. I, I, I just, I feel like Purdue is you just... You think they should be higher than four? I think they should be much... I mean, I don't know about much. They should not be four. Uh, I they should not be four. I I just don't get it. I don't understand like the sustained Purdue dynasty that people are like. Well, Aiden O'Connell, he's coming back. I mean, yeah. I mean, losing David Bell isn't that big a deal. I mean, when's the last time Purdue had two first round draft picks? Did David Bell end up going first round, or did he make it to second? I I don't uh, know. I mean, like I'm like, not sure. I mean, if he didn't go first round, he should have. But, like, when's the last time Purdue had that type of talent? And they're just like, oh, yeah, they'll be fine. Losing that is great. Like, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, I'm not even I, sure. I, not to interrupt you, Ty, but I'm not even sure if that's their biggest loss. I think George Carl Loftus is their biggest loss. Sure. I mean, I, I mean. And, and, and a defensive coordinator, which gives them their fourth different defensive coordinator for four years. Well, don't they still have two of those three guys they had last year? I don't know. But there was only one call in plays, and he's I, gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, but I did find it interesting because I think this is something we all believe, too, with the West. And Jeffrey the Greek came on, and I've seen him on Twitter talk about this, but, like, the Big Ten West is a fascinating division. And it's not the first year. It's been like this for a few years now. Um, basically, since it's been formed, it's a lot better division than people give it credit for from top to bottom. It is, and I think you saw it in the ranks. You saw a lot of teams from second to seven. A lot of different media just doesn't know what to make of it. But on the Nebraska note, like I'm, I take no offense. I hope Nebraska puts it on the bulletin board. I hope. I wish we'd have finished. I wish we'd have been seventh. I wish we would have been seventh to give the extra motivation because I don't care about what the Cleveland uh, is it Cleveland.com? Cleveland.com, yeah. Cleveland I give zero shits about Cleveland.com. Oh, it's it's media members. It's thirty-six maybe media members that participated. Cleveland.com to sponsor it. I I, I don't really necessarily care about the thirty-six media members. <laughs> okay. So to to add on what Derek was saying here, there's notes in here that say Iowa received first place votes and a seventh place votes, uh, seventh place vote. Minnesota was picked to finish anywhere from second through fifth. Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois were all picked as high as second and as low as seventh. Imagine that somebody had Illinois second. Uh, 
Well, hold on, hold on. Did, did you say that Iowa had votes from second to seventh? Yes. I would like to know who voted them seventh, and I'd like to walk straight up to him and kick him in the nuts. <laughs> there's no way Iowa's finishing seventh. It, it had to be that the person's ballot that had Illinois second. <laughs> it had to have been. Big Kurt. It was Big Kurt. Big Kurt. Big Kurt, I, I Big Kurt a <laughs> voting member. Uh, last, and th- there's one little note here. Uh, last place pick, Northwestern received a third place vote. So, not completely a bottom dweller. And, and that wouldn't shock me. Like, no. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd be entirely shocked if Northwestern found a way to win the damn division. The, the only thing, though, if Illinois finished second, that would be shocking to me. Yeah. If Iowa finished seventh, that would be a shocker to me. That would be shocking to me. If, if Purdue finished second, that would be shocking to me. Purdue? But Yeah. You, you're, I know you're on this Purdue hype train. I don't. I don't know about second, but I mean, I think they they're a top three team. They they got a brought in a lot of transfers, a lot of transfers, just like Nebraska. But they got some oh, good guys. Good. But we'll talk about that when we uh, do the break, uh, Big Ten breakdown here in a couple of weeks. Actually, I think it's next week, isn't it? Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, one more little nugget here, and if I can find my notes. Uh, players, Husker players on the watch list. Uh, now there may be more, but like from what we see right now, we have three guys, Brian Buscini. He's on the Ray guy for a punter. Luke Reimers is a Buckus, uh, nominee and O'Shawn Mathis. He's on the Bronco Nagurski trophy, uh, for the nation's defensive player of the year. Uh, so after we said all of that about O'Shawn Mathis, he's on that award list. But guess he guess he better be a starter then, huh? He better be a starter. But I'm I'm kind of shocked that Garrett Nelson is not on that list. I'm not. I don't know about that list. I'm surprised he's not on any list. Yeah, I don't necessarily necessarily think it has to be the Bronco Nagurski Award, but I, he's not on any list. That that then that shocks me a lot. Hey, you know what? Garrett Nelson had a great line out of there also, uh, talking about uh, somebody has to win the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. Why not be me? <laughs> no kidding, man. That that dude is just, he's awesome. hes If I get a jersey, it's going to be his number. It's, 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 he's definitely up there for one of my top favorite Huskers yeah. here in the recent 10 years. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and again, I, I'm with you that I'm... Sh- Okay, so I love Garrett Nelson. I think Garrett Nelson has first-round capabilities this upcoming season. He Everything you say is well. But what I will say is to defend the people that don't have him on a watch list. Last year, statistically, it's not like he completely jumped off the course. I mean, he wasn't like all Big Ten last year. I mean... He had 11 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, that's pretty damn good. It's good. It's good. But he, he didn't finish first or second team all Big Ten last year. Get it? I don't know. So, it, and again, I hope it's fuel. I think they're idiots. I think they're. I think we talked about this when we did all Big Ten last year. I'm shocked he didn't make it more last year. He got, didn't get more hype last year. But like, I, I'm not overly shocked he's being slept on for how good he is. But we've seen publications come out and have him first team defense. And and again, I think he's got first rounder. I just a little bit shocked there. But have we seen the offensive watch list yet? I, I haven't noticed any, but I don't know if that's because Nebraska hasn't yeah, made it. I just assumed they were out and there's no Nebraska I, players are on it. Don't you think, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We could probably look this up as I'm ranting, but the Johnny Unitas Award, I would be a little bit surprised if Casey, I mean, first of all, let's be real. The watch list is like usually 40 guys deep. So, I mean, it's usually a pretty in-depth list. Well, the Nagurski Trophy is 86 players on their watch list. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I would, be a, su- I would be a little bit. I would be a little bit shocked. I, I, and I think the Buckus Award had fifty something, but there were only like six big, six Big Ten linebackers in that watch list. Okay, I would be shocked if Casey Thompson isn't on the quarterback watch. I, if he didn't make the quarterback watch list, I'd be shocked. What if? Uh, what about if Chubba Purdy was on it? Would you be shocked? Yes. Yeah, that would be shocking. 
But you know what? I think Chubba Purdy would be like the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the Big Ten. Like I would tell you, I, I, I could think of some teams that are ahead of us in the stack ranking that wishes they had Chubba Purdy. All right. Uh, any other so, crazy takes there, Tyler? I mean, do do you think <laughs> Iowa? Would, I mean, I know Iowa has a really weird feeling on the Purdy family, but you don't think they would want? I mean, that uh, Ferentz came out and said it's a competition between Beatrice and uh, Padella, and it's like, well, don't feel great about that. Yeah. You don't think they like Purdy in that mix? May, I mean, maybe Purdy wouldn't start there. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I I hope I I like it. I like where Purdy is at right now. I think he's in a but, good spot. I think he's got a bright future where he is right now. Yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility. I mean, I think there's a slight possibility Casey Thompson's a one and done. Well, slight. If he is, that means we're going to be in for a very special year. So let, let's hope. Or Sam Keller. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Great. NCAA football is coming back for one year. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All those kids are going to get paid this time around anyway. Uh, all right, guys. You guys want to get out of here? We can actually be out of here in under an hour this time. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I, I did want to almost bring up that how we had a talk conversation how you thought Adrian Martinez was the best quarterback in Nebraska history. I uh but 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 well you can save that. What am I, Scott Frost? Week. Why are you twisting my words? Why are you doing that? I asked you who's a better quarterback, Tommy Frazier or Adrian Martinez. My point was like statistically and passing wise, I mean it's, it's anyway, that's a different conversation. It's apples and oranges. Yeah. You can't you can't even compare the two. You can't. Tommy Frazier was better. All right. Yes, he was. Tommy uh, Frazier also had a lot more talent around him. Sure. Yeah. And one he, of the best off with one of the best offensive right. lines. So, of I'm all sorry time. for that, guys. I, I I'm just saying. Like, I was like, if you, if you swap the two, Adrian Martinez to put on that uh, 94-95 team, and Tommy Frazier on this this team last year. I mean. It's no, we would be better if Tommy Frazier would have been our quarterback the last few years. All right, special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Oh!